How's everybody doing? I'm gonna light a cigar and get going. I got wrapped up in looking at watching this kid play drums and uh, talking about it. So This recorder kind of high volume. So what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a panic attack with Big John. This is August second, twenty twenty-two, late in the evening hours. Uh, follow me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. These articles I'm about to read to you, and well, not read to you, but talk about, discuss, are going to be on those news feeds so you can read for yourself um, and I'll try to post the video of this kid jamming on the drums too because it's rather impressive I mean she's keeping up with Lars Aldrich it's kind of strange how um, you would think like playing a musical instrument everybody would sound the same because it's the same notes but you can like tell the uh, first time I ever noticed it was the movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler and Jon Stewart and that little kid. Well, little kids, because uh, they were twins. But uh, at the end of the movie, they have Guns N' Roses... Uh, Sweet Child O' Mine play. And it, something sounded off. And here, it wasn't the original recording. It was a new version uh, with an asshole named Buck that goes by Buckethead and wears a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket and a weird mask on his head in one of Axel's versions of Guns N' Roses. But you could tell the Slash version from the Buckethead version. And the record company, Geffen, I don't even think they're still a company, but when they released Guns N' Roses' Greatest Hits, they made Axel use the Slash version of the song uh, because it sounded better. And Axel didn't want to do it because he didn't want to give Slash the the residuals or the whatever they call that. Anyway, so there's your music history from someone with no musical talent whatsoever.
Lars Aldrich was a, a revolutionary drummer. I didn't realize that until just now. <laughs> like, literally, as I was talking just now. Anyhow. Okay. Uh, I gotta pause that because it's gonna distract me. The music's just too loud. <laughs> if it's too loud, you're too old, man. Alright, so I don't I still don't understand why Nancy Pelosi went over to Taiwan. Uh obviously there's some sort of diplomacy and you know show uh, uh um the United States stands with Taiwan in this uh build up of tension between the United States, uh Taiwan and China. China's now making all kinds of threats uh, about invading Taiwan and so on. This is what Newt Gingrich had to say about Taiwan in 1995. And We'd had a big crisis in 96. Uh, President Clinton sent two U.S. aircraft carriers through the Straits of Taiwan. I went on TV and strongly supported him. The Chinese dictatorship... Uh, invited me to come to China to give speeches in Shanghai and Beijing. We told them we were going to go to Taiwan, and they went crazy and said, oh, you can't do it, you can't do it. And finally we said to them, look, <clears throat> if you feel that strongly, we're going to skip China and go just to Taiwan. They said, whoop, 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 uh, why don't you come to China? But and the, and the compromise was I flew from China to Japan and then from Japan to Taiwan, so I didn't sort of rub their face in it. We'd had a big crisis in 96. Uh, President Clinton sent two U.S. aircraft carriers through the Straits of Taiwan. I went on TV and strongly supported him. The Chinese dictatorship uh, invited me to come to China to give speeches in Shanghai and Beijing. We told them we were going to go to Taiwan, and they went crazy and said, oh, you can't do it, you can't do it. And finally, we said to them, look... <clears throat> If you feel that strongly, we're going to skip China and go just to Taiwan. They said, whoop, 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 uh, why don't you come to China? But, and the, and the compromise was, I flew from China to Japan, and then from Japan to Taiwan, so I didn't sort of rub their face in it. Okay, so this, uh, so on and such forth with the U.S. and China has gone on a while. Um... The other day when I was gabbing with a, uh, a, a, a passenger, just some guy I picked up. Uh, I work for a rideshare company. I don't randomly pick up strangers off the street and give them rides. But, <laughs> um, you know, he was talking about the, the rhetoric uh, about China and Donald Trump and China is going to overtake us. And he wouldn't shut up long enough for me to get into the fact that I feel like China's already overtaken us. Um, they beat us in education. Any Asian student that comes to the United States, uh, with some exceptions, they're just better than the average American student. Sorry, it's true. Um, it's got to the point where 
some Ivy League universities are discriminating against uh, Asian students. They're holding them to a higher standard, saying we have too many Asians. We need more of other races. That's pretty racist for some uh, universities that consider themselves liberal. But, uh, I mean, when it comes to getting into college, university, whatever, uh, you know, it should be based on who has the best test scores and the best grades, and who that's a sign of who's the smartest and who's worked the hardest, you know? Um, so anyway, but I was lucky enough to get into Kent State at a time when they would take just about anyone. And right now, I wouldn't get in there because uh, of my grades. And um, I never took the ACT or SAT. I went to college later in life, so I didn't have to. But when I was in high school, I, I wasn't in my family's plans for me. And I don't know what my plan for me was. But anyhow, um, that aside, the testing and, and the scores and the work ethic should be what gets you into college, not ethnicity, race, gender, re, re, well, religion maybe, if you're going to a, a religious school. Or race, if you're going to a historically black college, which still doesn't make sense. But anyhow, because you're not allowed to have a historically white college. But I, I think black people are cooler than us, so that's fine. Uh, so, anyways, Nancy's over there in Taiwan hanging out uh, obviously this is some sort of diplomatic mission but she's not like saying why uh, there's no clear cut like diplomacy Taiwan is vital to the world because 80% of the world's semiconductors microchips come from Taiwan. That needs to change, and there are American companies starting to, or there are companies starting to build microchips uh, in the United States, but nevertheless, uh, 80% are in Taiwan. And so if China were to invade, there would be another thing that we were. Uh, in, indebted to China for or dependent on China for not to mention like a lot of our generic medicines that people depend on come from China that's got to change So, Business Insider published this article, McConnell and 25 Senate Republicans issue rare statement of support for Pelosi as she visits Taiwan in defiance of China's threats. 
that is rare in the, this day and age uh, of hyper-partisanship uh, in Washington, especially with Speaker Pelosi. Uh, McConnell and 25 Republicans issued uh, statements supporting Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. The statement shows now, or it shows how challenging China has become a rare issue with bipartisan support. Pelosi landed in Taiwan on Tuesday, defying threats from Beijing. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and over two dozen other Senate Republicans issued a rare statement of support for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi Tuesday. We support the Speaker of the House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan, which was also signed by John Thune, John Cornyn, Susan Collins, Jim Risch. For decades, members of the United States Congress, including previous speakers of the House, have traveled to Taiwan. This travel is consistent with the United States' One China policy, to which we are committed. We are also committed now, more than ever, to all elements of the Taiwan Relations Act. So she's not the first speaker to do it. Uh, it's just this is the most tense time between the United States and China. And that's nothing new. It's not surprising. You know, there's the Chinese Communist Party, which is determined to overtake the United States. And I think that they already have as the world leader economically. Uh, and the world hegemon. And uh, anyways, I was getting ready, to, I was starting down a road where, you know, I was talking to somebody and I was going to say, you know, the, the rhetoric, he, as he said, from Donald Trump about China this and China that, China's going to overtake us uh, as the world leader and blah, blah, blah. Well, when Biden first got elected and they had that little summit in Alaska with the Chinese leaders and the United States uh, cabinet leaders, the uh, not the president of China, he wasn't there, and, and Joe Biden wasn't there, thank God. <laughs> Anyhow, so... I was going to tell this guy, well, what about when, you know, China and the United States met and China said, you do, you do not come at us from a position of power anymore. You are not stronger than us. You are not a, a better leader than us. You are not a better economy than us. And, and so on and so forth, you know. Um, but that's where China... That's the way China feels. Now, yeah, I'm glad Speaker Pelosi went there a, a little bit. If, if, reading this article, 
that you know this is tra this is um, tradition. This has been done by other house speakers, so she's not just putting on some show for her own glory. Um, eh, she might be a little bit, but I'm glad we're we're sticking together as Americans. And Mitch McConnell finally did something I I can say I support him on. You know, he I mean he's done some other things here and there, but. This really, you know, shows Americans sticking up for Americans. Uh, I don't know why Kevin McCarthy and nobody in the House did this as well, but maybe they will. Uh, also, under the One China policy, which is guided by the U.S.'s approach to Taiwan for decades, the U.S. offers diplomatic recognition to Beijing's position that there's only one Chinese government, the U.S. does not support Taiwan's independence and does not have formal diplomatic relations with Taipei. But the U.S. maintains a robust partnership with Taiwan, strong unofficial ties under the Taiwan Relations Act the U.S. government is compelled to provide Taiwan with defensive weapons. The U.S. is Taiwan's top supplier of arms. Uh, the U.S. is the top weapons and arms supplier for pretty much everywhere. <laughs> Except for like the countries that align with Russia uh, <clears throat> and some Middle Eastern countries. So, uh, Slate Magazine has an op-ed over here that, and this is no conservative outlet either, but Pelosi just lit a match at the dynamite factory, it says. It shows her meeting with a Taiwan leader on a tarmac. They both got their little masks on. As House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's plane approached the airport in Taipei on Tuesday, Chinese warships and fighter planes squeezed the uh, Meridian Line, the air and sea border dividing China from Taiwan while American aircraft carriers steamed nearby to ward off or meet any threats. It's impossible to deny that this trip was, at the very least, poorly timed. I could agree with that, but there's a time when the United States needs to flex. Can't believe Nancy Pelosi's the one doing the flexing, but still we've got to show the world we're not a bunch of pussies several US officials in the White House and State Department the Pentagon and intelligence community had tried perhaps to uh, discourage Pelosi from stopping off in Taiwan during her congressional delegations brief 
tour of allied capitals in East Asia. Joe Biden said publicly that top U.S. military officials opposed the visit, though he stopped short of saying he agreed with them, sensitive to the legislature's uh, pro uh, legislature's uh, branch of government and perhaps fearful of being denounced as soft on China. I don't see how visiting Taiwan makes anybody seem soft on China. Oh, okay. If he backed down and told her not to go at all, he would look soft on China. I get it now. So... This makes a little more sense to me. She was touring, she is touring uh, East Asia allies, business partners of the United States. Uh, she's doing this close to election time as a, a campaign stunt, obviously, but now it makes more sense to me uh, why she's doing this. This isn't just a trip to Taiwan for the sake of going to Taiwan, even though that's all you've heard in the news and even the alternative news media, uh, which I tend to favor. So again, she's an American. She deserves our best wishes and hope for a, uh, a good trip, a safe trip. You know, I can disagree with her politically and quite frankly, if I ever met her personally, I'd probably disagree with her as a person. She, I mean, she elbowed Myra Flores's kid out of a photo op. <laughs> How weird do you have to be? To, I mean, it was clear cut. <laughs> a good old elbow out of out of the picture, kid. I'm the star. <laughs> uh, stuff that she does and says it just you know, rubs me wrong. But now it makes a little more sense. Uh, this isn't just a, a trip to Taiwan to to stir shit. This, this was a bigger diplomatic trip to uh, meet with our allies and partners over there, over in East Asia. So, let's listen to this Rugrat jam on the drums for a minute or two while I reset. Uh, there's an electric car company laying people off that I remotely have a connection to. And no, it's not Tesla. Uh, I don't know if they're laying people off, but it, it's not Tesla. And the New York gubernatorial candidate that, candidate that got attacked with a keychain by a keychain-wielding maniac may not be as far out of contention for the New York governor's race as people think after this. Brief time out. All right, so there is an electric car company out there other than Tesla. Uh, and of course the, the big, well, all, all, all auto manufacturers 
are going toward electric cars right now. Uh, I started to say the big four, big three, the automakers that used to run Detroit Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler. Was there another one? I can't remember. Um, <clears throat> So, but the name of this company is uh, Revion. I had never heard of them. And the other day, a couple days ago, a couple days in a row actually, and it's been a few weeks, but whatever. Two days in a row, uh, I get a uh, request for a ride share from uh, a place I usually don't. And this guy works for this company, uh, Rivian, R-I-V-I-A-N, and they manufacture electrical trucks, and we were, you know, talking, and he was telling me, you know, how fast they are, and uh, how they have this awesome air ride suspension that, you know, raises your vehicle up and down a, a in accordance with the road conditions and their four-wheel drive and they're fast. He kept talking about how fast they were. And they're more truck-looking than uh, Tesla's UFO-looking truck. Uh, so he was telling me the price is around 70000 Uh He said, you know, that's expensive for a truck, but really if you plug it in at your house... It's like 50 bucks a year to, to keep electricity in the thing. And it doesn't raise your electric bill that much. I mean, 50 bucks a year over 12 months, you're barely going to notice that on your electric bill, right? So let's see why they're laying people off. Uh, prominent electric vehicle, vehicle startup Rivian is laying off 6% of its 14,000 person workforce as the company adjusts to the dramatic, dramatically changing world. Uh, yeah, that this guy was an engineer and he was at a, a plant in Salem, Ohio that uh, makes a, a certain part for these vehicles. Uh, so I don't know, maybe he was safe, but I don't know. About 50 employees at the manufacturing plant in, get this, the name of the town, the manufacturing plant in Normal, Illinois. He kept saying Normal, Illinois. I'm like, it took me a second because I wanted to say, was well, that the opposite of Weird, Illinois? Is that the opposite? Where's Strange, Illinois at? All right, so in Normal, Illinois are among the more than 840 workers who have been cut as part of its restructuring. The location has about 6,000 employees. Hmm. This guy worked in, uh, what did I just say? Engineering. But it sounded like he worked kind of from home and then traveled to the different factories that make different parts. Uh, so, man, hope he didn't get laid off. 
I'm sure I'll find another job. He was a pretty smart dude. Um, more than 800 workers who've been cut as a part of restructuring. Uh, the manufacturing plant employs 6,000 employees. Most of these jobs were added when the California-based firm, oh, okay, uh, they're based in Cali. Firm started up production. Uh, its first electric trucks, SUVs, and Amazon delivery vans in 2020. Speaking about the job cuts, uh, CEO R.J. Scarange, uh, Scarange, I don't know, S-C-A-R-I-N-G-E, Scarange, Scringe, whatever, Scarange. I'll just mumble it from now on. Said the decision will help align the car makers' workforce with their key business priorities. And this includes ramping up the consumer and commercial vehicle programs, as well as accelerating the development of the R2 and future models. The R2, come on now. You might as well just put D2 after it. <laughs> Ripping off Star Wars like that. So, <clears throat> uh, Politico has this article out that Ho Schultz lead over Zeldin not as insurmountable, not insurmountable, poll finds. So it, you assume a Democrat's going to have a cakewalk in the state of New York. And Democrat Governor Kathy uh, Hochul had a 14% lead over uh, Lee Zeldin in a Siena College research poll released Tuesday. Uh, it was four, 53 to 39 uh, in the first public poll conducted since the June primaries of likely voters. While that's a sizable lead for the incumbent, it's also the third best performance by a GOP nominee in a public gubernatorial poll in New York uh, in five elections since Republican Governor George Pataki ran in 2002. Uh, Pataki was their last Republican governor, and the state was a, a hell of a lot better off. They, people just don't get it. Anyhow, an outlier poll from Quinnipiac in 2010 found Andrew Cuomo with only a six-point lead over Carl uh, Palladino, one uh, and one from Siena a few days before Cuomo won the election in 2018 uh, by 22 points, found him leading Mark Molinero by 13 points. 14 weeks is a long time in politics, and we know most voters don't really begin to focus till after Labor Day, Siena spokesman Steve Greenberg said in a release. Still, Holcomb has 
an early but certainly not insurmountable lead. In fact, while Democrats have taken the last four gubernatorial elections, Zeldin's current 14-point deficit matches the closest Republicans have come in those races since uh, Cuomo defeated Astorino, Astorino, 54-40 in 2014. Um, In August of 2014, Cuomo led Astorino by 32 points, 58-26. So, uh, you know, if this Zeldin can raise money and get the vote out, he could stand a chance uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it in either. <laughs> but still, New York needs changes, man. Uh, it's bad there. This new mayor of New York City is doing nothing. Nothing that he promised. He's not cleaning up the streets of crime and drugs, gang violence, uh, anti-Asian hate crimes. None of this. None of the stuff that was promised to New York City residents. When will they learn? It's like they say all the time in the city of Youngstown. It's been a Democrat-run city for like a hundred years. And it's gone to shit. And that was before everything woke went to shit. Okay, but uh, I just don't get it. You know, all these people left New York and California for Florida and Texas. And they say around Austin, Texas, it's really turning uh, into a blue area, a Democrat area. But, but, uh, they don't understand they're voting in the same damn policies and type of people that screwed them over in New York and California. You left those states for a reason because Democrat policy and social welfare, socialism, big government doesn't freaking work. Get it through your thick heads. That's what, like, people that have lived in Texas a long time and like their independence and freedoms. Uh, you know, there's, there was a Texas, Texas secession movement, which didn't amount to much. But they're, like, they're independent. They're not dependent on government. And... Then you get people moving there from a state that Democrats fouled up and they start voting Democrat in the, the new state. Duh, the, the liberal policies, the woke policies, the big government welfare state socialism policies are just going to screw up the state you just moved to. Gosh, get it through your heads, people. Government can't do anything for you. You can have so social safety nets, 
and you can help people, but eventually the individual has to get out on their own and, and live and fight and work on their own and, and things of that nature. Over-regulation, over-taxation, do not work. All right, that's it. Amen, hallelujah, whatever. God bless y'all. Pray for one another. And we'll see you next time on A Panic Attack with Big John.